The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. My name is Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Our CEO is Rudolph Johnson, and we are delighted each day to serve our community. Our mission is developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today, I have the pleasure of having three fabulous guests, and we're going to be talking about using the power of trauma to transform your life and others. So with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Dr. Robert Ross, President and CEO of the California Endowment. Dr. Ross, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you. Yes. And we also have with us Noah Vargas, Vice President of Community Engagement at Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Southwest. Nora, thank you also for being on the line. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, and then we have Cindy Jones, our mental health coordinator here at the Neighborhood House Association. Cindy, a pleasure to have you joining us as well. And it is absolutely a pleasure to be here, Dr. White. Great. So I think maybe even before we jump into um, the topic, how about, how about maybe um, I'm asking each of you just to share a little bit about yourselves and maybe your organizations and your... Um, perspective or connection to this particular topic. Dr. Ross, why don't we have you start with your introduction? Uh, sure. Uh, the California Endowment is a statewide uh, nonprofit foundation, um, independent foundation, and we focus on the health and well-being of underserved communities statewide. Um, we're in the middle of a 10-year Building Healthy Communities strategy, which focuses on improving the health of young people in distressed and, and marginalized, um, underserved communities. And what we've heard a great deal um, in recent years, uh, Cheryl, in this work, is that our young people are carrying a lot of and encountering a great deal of trauma, stress, and adversity in their lives, and it shows up impacting their, ha- their health in, in a number of ways, and, and so that's how we've gotten more connected to this issue, is um, both hearing the experiences of young people dealing with stress, trauma, and adversity, as well as what the science and the data are telling us about this issue. Okay. Great. Well, I'm going to um, circle back to you, Dr. Ross, and ask you a little bit more, and maybe just even share what are some of the, what's, what are the young people sharing with you, and what is the data indicating with regards to this topic? I think that'd be fascinating to hear at least the sure. tip of the iceberg on. I'm sure you have lots. Uh, Nora, we have you introduce yourself. 
Yes, um, so I have the honor of working at Planned Parenthood Pacific Southwest, which is um, three county uh, reach area region, Imperial County, San Diego, and Riverside County. And most of the work that comes out of uh, the, uh, the area that I uh, work with is the education and government affairs work, but a lot of the work that we're doing around trauma-informed care is really focused around our education work and our patient care that we're doing at Planned Parenthood. We have a partnership with Blue Cross of California where we have um, began, to, we just started training um, all of our clinicians around trauma-informed care and the work that we're doing on the on the ground with our patients that we're seeing. And then our, around our education work to ensure that all of the leaders that are providing the education uh, out in the community really uh, meet our, our young students where they're at and really understand um, where they're coming from. And one of the things that we've learned is um, that that there's also a piece about it around leadership development with the folks who are working um, with our with our patients and our students to ensure that they are also um, getting the care that they need to be able to provide the best care for for them as well. So this is a a fairly new field for many of us um, that we are um, beyond our clinic work that we're doing, and we're trying to explore more around it. Fabulous. Well, wonderful to hear that you guys are forging in this area as well. Uh, so, again, um, welcome to the show, Nora. Cindy, could we have you introduce yourself? Um, I will be bringing the perspective of working with Head Start families, um, and that would be uh, families with children that are from the age of zero to five. Head Start is a government-funded program for low-income, high-risk children and their families that starts the education process for the children in hopes of helping them kind of get that quote-unquote head start um, in life um, considering where they have come from, which is going to be, again, the high-risk, low-income population. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, again, uh, welcome, Cindy, Dr. Ross, and um, Nora. want to um, go back, uh, Dr. Ross, to your introduction and maybe hear a little bit about what you're hearing uh, from the young people across the state and uh, as well as from the data. Uh, what does it tell you about how trauma is showing up in people's lives and the impact it's having? Yeah, so here's the, the, uh, thank you very much for, for raising this, this topic. We think it's important for um, the public generally and policymakers in particular to understand the importance of this issue. But uh, one thing that might be useful for uh, your listeners, um, if you're interested in hearing more about this, is, is just go, go online and, and Google uh, the term the ACEs study, A-C-E-S, and that stands for the Adverse Childhood Events um, Study um, from Kaiser Permanente. And I won't go into a lot of detail about about the particulars of it, but what it basically showed um, is that the, the more episodes of childhood adversity and trauma you've been exposed to um, in your early years, in your um, early childhood through through um, through adolescence, the, the worse your the worse your health is, even twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years later. Um, and and the cutoff point, uh, the inflection point, seems to be at around three episodes or doses 
of adversity in childhood, and adversity described as having a parent that's incarcerated, having a parent who passes away early in life, um, witnessing violence in the home, uh, psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, uh, these are some of the, the sort of um, instances or examples of, of exposure to childhood trauma. And if, if you, three, or, three or more of those in your health significantly. And so the more doses of exposure as a child you've had to these kinds of episodes of adversity, um, it didn't matter whether the topic was tobacco use, alcohol abuse, injection drug use, promiscuity, um, depression, obesity, high blood pressure and heart disease, for every single one of those um, disease conditions, the more episodes of trauma you're exposed to, the worse your health is um, years later. Um, so that's sort of what the science tells us. And, and from our young people, young people in, in communities like City Heights in San Diego and Richmond and uh, the Iron Triangle in Richmond, uh, Fresno, South Central Los Angeles, um, Boyle Heights, um, young people are talking about the amount of stress that they're dealing with, except the way it shows up. And I'm sure um, our colleagues at, at Neighborhood House um, can, can attest to this. Um, be, because of the stigmatization of mental health, for a lot of people, young people, they don't necessarily, you know, walking into a counselor's office or into a mental health clinic to talk about the stress they're dealing with is not the typical way they show up, right? Um, they show up having uh, missing school, being defiant in school, getting suspended from school, um, being truant from school, um, being disengaged, sullen, distant. Um, and so what we're finding, and I'll end on this, is when, when young people are experiencing that kind of, of even defiant or what some might call undisciplined or bad behavior in the school setting, we, start, we need to start thinking about changing the question from why are you so bad to what's going on with you. Um, because that young person may be telling us in a way that we're just not reading well that that person is dealing with significant social, emotional um, issues, exposure to adversity, trauma, you know, such as sexual abuse. Um, and we need to be better prepared um, as a community and in our systems um, to, to recognize those signs when these young people are trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate hearing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and it's powerful to um, hear what you've articulated. I know we had uh, Casey Gwynn on a few weeks back, and he also was talking about the ACE study and just how um, much information it's kind of adding to the backdrop of so much that we're seeing in society that we sometimes create a... Um, pathology in others when really we have some toxic environments and people aren't responding to the um, toxic environment in a way that is um, constructive. Many the responses is uh, destructive, and it sounds like that destruction can be carried forward throughout life. Um, Nora or Cindy, either of you have anything you want to add uh, to what Dr. Ross has shared? 
Actually, I would like to add, I think that um, Dr. Ross brought up the mental health stigma, and I think that that is extraordinarily crucial, especially with the families that, that we're talking about and that we're dealing with, because there's, there's not a lot of emphasis placed on talking issues out. Um, it's more of an active stance in solving your problems. Um, and we see these things um, with the children that we work with um, in the Head Start program, in the preschool classrooms. We'll see exactly what Dr. Ross is talking about. We'll see children that look like they have no rules at home. We see children that uh, appear destructive. We see children that appear to be, quote, unquote, bad children. Um, or, or have been labeled so. And what we're really taking a look at is children that are searching for certain things from the classroom and from the teacher. They're searching for a feeling of safety. They're searching for routine. They're searching for these things that they did not experience yet in life in their home environment. Um, and that ties directly into the, um, the mental wellness and the mental health stigma because a lot of time people don't don't equate the behavior with mental health. Right. So it sounds like, uh, thank you so much, Cindy, for that input. It sounds like we need to take a commercial break. So please stay with us. We're going to be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you're a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen for new episodes every month on the Voice America Business Channel. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're talking about using the power of trauma to transform your life and the lives of others. We have with us Dr. Robert Ross, President and CEO of the California Endowment, Nora Vargas, Vice President of Community Engagement at Planned Parenthood of Pacific Southwest, and Cindy Jones, Mental Health Coordinator at Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm Cheryl White, and I will be your moderator and host for this afternoon and um, bring greetings from the organization and our President CEO, Mr. Rudolph Johnson. Before we went to break, Dr. Ross and Cindy had talked a little bit about the impact of, of our um, adolescents and and children experiencing trauma in the home. And I know, um, Dr. Ross, I'm going to ask you to say something. Um, in fact, maybe now is a good time to have you say it. And I wanted to bring Norma, I mean Nora in also. But uh, maybe have you think about Dr. Ross, and I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit about your TED Talk where you talk about the fact that um, that time does not heal all wounds, and I think we've kind of laid a little bit of that foundation. want to hear you talk a bit more, but Nora, before we um, go there, could you share a little bit about the approach that you're taking within your organization to really help your organization move in the direction of engaging your community and the clients that you serve using this trauma-informed approach? Yeah, so the work that we've been doing at Planned Parenthood for the last couple of years is really focused on this concept of meeting people where they're at. But the more we sort of scratch the surface about what that really means, it's really understanding who we are as the folks who are, um, you know, providing those services either through education or advocacy. And one of the things that um, that I um, learned um, a lot from was um, this research and work that's been done around trauma st- stewardship and what that means to us as leaders who are doing this work day-to-day in difficult situations, um, working for organizations that at times are always being either um, challenged or um, in, in controversial settings and, you know, just working in social justice issues and what that means to do this work day-to-day having to advocate for others and be there to ensure that, that uh, we are the voice for those that are underserved. And, and this concept of um, trauma stewardship of really understanding um, your, the self and, and creating systematic awareness of what the core of that trauma is as a, so that you could be a better leader. And so we have started to do that work um, within our leadership team at Planned Parenthood to really better understand um, ourselves um, before, as we're providing the services to our clients um, and to our patients. And so it has been very rewarding um, because um, there are tools that we've used uh, from learning how to have um, courageous conversations, um, you know, what triggers um, challenges when you're trying to address particular issues depending on what you bring to the table. And I think that Dr. Um, Ross's concept of, um, you know, that sometimes things continue to show up, I think is really, 
really sort of the, at the core of what we're looking at and what we're seeing as we're developing um, youth leadership opportunities for, for our team. Mm-hmm. Well, I absolutely love that and am a firm believer that um, before we can engage others effectively, we have to start with self and the greater our own self-awareness then the better positioned we are to be effective as we try to support, deal with, manage um, others and things in the world around us. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Nora. Dr. Ross, I want to turn back to you and maybe ask you now to talk a little bit more on this, you know, thought that uh, Nora just um, helped kind of frame as well with regards to time does not heal all wounds. Yeah, I mean, Nora's... Uh Comments and observations lead right into the upside of this conversation, and there is an upside to it. Um, it's not all bad news. Um, yes, trauma is debilitating. Yes, it can it can hurt. It can be unhealthy. Um, it can even um, break people. Um, in, in the TED talk, I, I, I spoke a little bit. In the TED talk, was actually on the backdrop of the TED talk is it was actually in a prison. Um, and um, I, I really wanted to have a conversation with the inmates about um, the role that trauma and adversity play in our lives, um, the science of it, the research of it, what trauma actually, you know, remember that old commercial, this is your brain on drugs? Well, you know, this is your brain on trauma, right? What does it do to you? Um, but but the, the, the flip side of, of trauma, which can be harmful, hurtful, and debilitating, is resiliency, right? And and folks who experience trauma and adversity, um, if 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 they have resiliency, and and resiliency can come from within, but it can also come through the right kinds of support. It can, and and you notice that that Nora used this term. Um, it can help people emerge as leaders, right? Mm-hmm. And so most of us know someone in our lives who's been through a fairly difficult and traumatic, traumatic experience, came out of it on the other side, even um, a stronger and, and perhaps even transformed leader as a result of that experience, right? These are people who um, have weathered cancer, um, who, um, if you, uh, from a policy standpoint, if you think about mothers against drunk driving, who've you know, s- s- suffered a horrific tragedy of losing a child, but become um, advocates for social change and, and, and social consciousness around the hazards of drinking and driving. People who have spent time in prison, um, either women's prison or um, men's facility, and come out not broken, but emerge uh, ready to provide civic leadership in their own community to help others who've, who've uh, been through the same. So, you know, resiliency is sort of uh, uh, is, is the other side of this coin. Um, and, and resiliency can come in a matter of ways. It can come through, through mental health counseling. It can come through the support of, of one's faith and one's church and one's spirituality. Um, being in the right setting with a community organization who's connecting you to other people who have experienced the same kind of trauma. Um, some folks use the arts music, spoken word, poetry, to speak to their trauma, the trauma of oppression. If you look at 
Cesar Chavez and Nelson Mandela and, and Gandhi, even the, the great social change leaders, um, have all dealt with the trauma of oppression and used it um, to become, uh, to transform into leadership. So, so there's a good news upside story to this as well. And, 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 and part of what being trauma-informed means is not just healing what's broken, um, but also uh, an opportunity for, for transformation as well. Awesome. Really appreciate that. Cindy, can we have you maybe um, talk a little bit about one of the things that Dr. Ross said was, you know, having that the right type of support around us can um, really help also with regards to bringing the resilience out. And I know that um, there are a number of things that Dr. Ross listed with regards to the mental health, um, counseling, one spiritual faith and, you know, being connected with others are lots of different ways in which um, people can find that support. The support that's found with regards to the Head Start program and the model that's in place there, what are some of the support that you have found have been helpful with helping children at this young age develop resilience? Um, some of the things that um, I mentioned um, before, which um, really correlate with um, what Dr. Ross and both Nora were saying, um, I think one of the things that's extraordinarily important is, is having an understanding um, of trauma and its impact. Um, I also think that letting the children feel safe, having a place to be, that they can go where they feel safe is critical because when, when, when children experience trauma, it feels like things are very much out of their control. And so that if they can go somewhere and they can feel a sense of safety, that they, they start to kind of rebuild um, the resiliency um, that perhaps the trauma has affected. I think some of the things that we also use in the classrooms for, uh, for the children is giving the children a sense of control. Um, and we do that by offering limited choices to the children. If we have a child that is running around and knocking things off of the bookshelves, we say, okay, you can either join circle or you can come over here and read a book. The child still has a choice and still has the control to choose what it is that they would prefer but what it does is it kind of gives the child some kind of focus so that we can get them to a point where they are actually learning in the classroom. Um, I think that those are, um, uh, those are critical. The most critical thing is building a very strong trust bond. Um, sometimes with children that have experienced trauma, that um, they're, the, the, the person that they were looking for, for safety, has somehow failed them, and they are looking to, to create a strong bond with someone. So that is also a very, very critical component at what we look at with the children in the classroom. Okay, great. And, and I think what's, what's great about what you just shared, Cindy, is it can be also related to adults, because I think that each of the things that you shared, were, be it the um, being sensitive to the life experiences that someone may have, have encountered or the trauma, um, creating that safe space where a person feels heard and supported, helping someone develop a sense of empowerment um, where we support them and really being able to discover, explore, and choose options that are before them all transfer into the adult life as well. So I... Um, 
am appreciative of your sharing that. I want to spend a little bit of time um, really speaking to this notion, uh, Dr. Ross, that you and uh, Nora brought up also about that self-healing process in tapping into the resilience within oneself. Can either of you, I know that's kind of abstract, but can either of you find words to talk a little bit about, you know, how does a person, uh, what triggers, just what are your thoughts around um, the unleashing of the resilience within oneself? You know, I, I suspect that uh, both Nora and, and Cindy are closer to this work um, and this phenomenon on a day-to-day basis. But um, in a sense, you know, a lot of times with, with the research and the science and the data tell us that they, they kind of confirm our life experiences and, and intuition um, and, and actually in a, in a way that makes things even more complicated. But... But, you know, what we know is um, uh, folks who have been through a traumatizing, adverse experience or set of experiences, um, you know, what's, what's critical, and, and this is what's, what's interesting from a clinical perspective, um, th- there's a power in, in connectedness and there's a power in storytelling, right? Um, that, that the ability to um, engage, be engaged in a context of support allows one to, to tell that story, um, perhaps connect with others, whether it's in a clinical counseling situation or in a, um, in a healing circle or in a, uh, a wellness circle in a, in a church basement even, um, and that's sort of the, you know, the, the first step is, is the ability and the capacity to, to trust and engage and then uh, to, 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 to tell that story and then connect with others, um, which has, you know, multiple um, benefits. Um, one, there's a, there's a therapeutic benefit. Right? Yeah. You know what, Dr. Ross, sounds like we're going to have to go to break. I'm going to just put a okay, comma sure. there, but when we come back, I'm going to have you pick up uh, right where you are in some other work that's very powerful work with regards to helping people really think about, you know, how do we self-heal and how do we help others and how do we then transform into that transformational leader kind of comes to mind, too. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're talking about using the power of trauma to transform your life and others. And Dr. Ross, before you went to break, you were kind of like mid-sentence. I'm going to just throw it back over uh, to you to kind of finish your thoughts. Yeah, thank you, Charlotte. So, yeah, so, so the important thing is, is um, recognizing that um, one is not alone. Uh, recognizing that um, oppression and, and trauma and adversity can actually have a physiologically, neurophysiological effect on you, um, recognizing the truth of what that was, and then being connected to others in a support situation is sort of the, the, the first step. Uh, and then when you're, when you're engaged with, um, it could be a clinical situation, it could be a church situation, it could be, um, there's even some scientific, data and research out there, for example, about the power of meditation and mindfulness uh, on, on, um, on, on, on dealing with, with trauma diversity. Um, but, but once you're connected and you become civically engaged, even working at the cause of the oppression, um, that that can be therapeutic for oneself. It's kind of a double bottom line. It's therapeutic. It's a, it's a healing. It has a healing aspect uh, for someone who's dealt with it. But it's also, it gives back to the community. It gives back to society. And the woman, uh, the woman uh, uh, is it Malala? Uh, the, 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 the young um, uh, um, uh, Muslim yeah. woman uh, who was disfigured, um, and is now an activist, um, and, and a powerful activist at that. Um, you know, a living example of how um, she's using her adversity to, to fuel, um, you know, civic leadership. Um, 
And, and so uh, they're, they're, the, the science about what trauma and adversity does to somebody is much better understood than how resiliency can help transform trauma into into leadership and, and civic engagement. So there's more work to be done to understand that, but it's happening every day in our communities. Yeah, wonderful. I am so appreciative of your uh, sharing that in in your TED Talk when you talk about, and you just mentioned it here, but just the um, truthfulness, um, one being able to um, face the you know the truth of what they've experienced it and and um I know as we talked during the break what came to mind for me was that and I wish I could um speak I could think of the person's name but she was working with a group of Afghanistan women and not having much success until one day uh, one of the clients actually said to the therapist because you have felt me, I can feel myself, and now I want to reconnect with my family. And for me, that was such a powerful sentence to hear, and it was very powerful for them because what it really helped them understand is the importance of empathy to create that space of safety, to create that space of trust, to create that space for really being able to look at and talk about what has happened in their lives and reconnect with themselves and then empower themselves to move forward uh, from that space. So all of that just kind of um, resonated as you shared. Uh, Cindy or uh, Nora, any thoughts come to mind for you that you'd want to um, throw out at this moment? Yeah, you know, for me, a lot, a lot is a lot is happening right now. And I'm, as I'm thinking about um, Dr. Ross's comments about the storytelling and the connectedness, and there's something to be said about you know um, those of us, especially women, women of color and uh, people of color in executive roles and in our leadership roles, and as we're trying to have an impact, um, especially with individuals and groups that are you know often exposed to suffering and hardship and crisis and and all these um, different issues, how how we are able um, to have that resilience to move forward and, and to continue to advocate. And it, and it does come back, and I, I think of myself in, in my role as um, the chair of, of HOPE, which is the Latina organization across the state. And what those organizations mean to us and the work that we're doing is this opportunity to come together with, with um, others who may have gone through similar challenges, um, being the first in any role or beginning to really understand, um, you know, being in situations where, where there is oppression that sometimes... Um, it's difficult to have conversations anywhere else, and there are not really a lot of safe spaces to have that. And so how do you um, continue to have that authentic, be that authentic person to be able to lead from all those experience that you, experiences that you come from while at the same time being able to um, navigate in systems that may, may or may not have been created for you, right? And so I think uh, at looking at this uh, concept of trauma from that perspective and what that means as a leader and trying to ensure that you do find those spaces to connect and to tell the story, not for um, victimization, but for look at, at what what can be done and how you can make a difference and how things can change. And so from that perspective, I, uh, I really think there's still a lot of work to be done, 
that it seems that it's important work as we're, as the dynamics, as, as our communities are changing and our leadership is changing across um, the state and the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I hear a, um, a real need to continue to ensure that we have spaces for voices to be heard. You know, I'm thinking of Voices for Children, um, one of the other nonprofit organizations that I do some volunteer work with, I'm thinking of the young people who do a panel called The Real World, and it's foster care, care uh, children who have been in foster care, either they're currently in or they've aged out, and they tell their stories. And when we debrief with them after being on the panel, they really talk about, you know, feeling good, and, and it's kind of creating that space for them to share their story, connect with their story in a very positive way, and be empowered, and as Dr. Russ talked about, you know, giving back, because typically they're ter- telling their story in front of people who are CASAs or who are looking to, um, you know, serve in a volunteer role with the um, foster care program, so you know, just creating the, the, the circles. Nora, I love the the um, thought of, and I really can relate to the need for there to be spaces where people who are the only, because that can be traumatic in and of itself, the only one, the only X um, in groups where they can come together and um, t- just even talk about that experience and be empowered from having a safe space to share. Cindy, I want to bring you back into the conversation, see if there's any thoughts that come to mind for you before I maybe throw another question out there. Um, no, I think it's, it's just general agreement from me. I think that the more we don't feel alone, the more we feel connected, the, the braver we get as people, um, and the more we feel that we might be able to conquer something that perhaps we thought was out of our range previously. And hearing other people's experiences and being a part of um, shared experienced panels or groups um, does exactly that for us. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I want to um, say two words that, actually there were three that came to mind, and I keep going back to um, Dr. Rush, your TED Talk, because I just really gained a lot from that brief uh, conversation. But some other things that came to mind as I watched it were just the words hope and courage, along obviously with the word resilience. I want to talk about hope and want to talk about courage as it relates to this topic. Um, what comes to mind for either of you and, and how important is hope and courage in order to be able to come through and move forward um, in one's recovery but also in stepping into one's greater self um, as, a, as a leader? Yeah, you know, Father um, Father Greg Boyle, who is the uh, charismatic founder leader of Homeboy Industries here in, in, in Los Angeles, and they do a lot of gang work. Um, most of the, um, nearly everyone who they train and employ at Homeboy Industries has either been um, in prison or in juvenile hall or has been involved in gangs. And uh, Father Greg's comment to the issue of hope, um, Cheryl, is, is um, you know, the, ap- the absence of hope can be lethal. Um, the absence mm-hmm. of hope can be very unhealthy. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because if you don't have hope and you don't have a sense of optimism, you don't have a sense of a future, it, it changes the, the type of decisions that, 
that you make, right, day to day. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, hope is a, is, a, is a big deal. And and what what we're seeing is um, uh, the the organizations who do really good and effective work in in really you know at risk and high risk populations um in, in you know in in juvenile halls and in women's prisons um and you know gang intervention and prevention oh, work oh wow it looks like we got to go to break i got to put uh, okay. a comment well, anyway, one more time uh, op- optimism and hope is everything time? so not yeah. to send on that point oh okay real good but i i might have talked over so i want you to still make it when we come back we're going to be right back with more on leadership matters informing leaders inspiring solutions business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back on Leadership Matters, and I'm going to just toss it right over to you, Dr. Ross, to finish up your thoughts. Yeah, it, it, the, um, the, the break helped me think about a, a way to, to think about... Uh, 
a hopeful approach, right? And so uh, an example of that is um, school discipline policies where we've seen since the 1980s and three strikes in your out and the crack cocaine epidemic and everything else, we've seen, you know, a culture of punishment, a culture of, of discipline, a culture of three strikes in your out, a culture of zero tolerance in the schools. We're seeing young people suspended and expelled at significant rates, um, particularly uh, African-American and Latino boys and young men, but, but young people of color in general. And there's an alternative approach to suspending kids out of school. Uh, there are several approaches, but one of them is restorative justice. And restorative justice is an approach where the young person has done something wrong in the school setting. Instead of sending them home, sending them back into the street, you keep them in school, you talk to them, you have them engage the person they offended or hurt. You have them, you know, make it right with them. You coach them through it, and you keep them in school. And that's sort of a restorative justice practice. And, and it's a more hopeful practice because when a young person acts out in school and you suspend them out of school or even you expel them, you're basically telling that young person, I've given up hope on you. We've given up hope on you. We don't want you here. And when you have a restorative justice practice that says, you know what, you've, did, you've done something wrong, but let's talk about it. How did you offend that person? Why did that happen? What were you dealing with that day? Um, you make it right with that person you offended. It's, it's a hopeful approach. It's a restorative approach. It says, listen, we want to keep our arms around you. We want to embrace you. We want to keep you here. We believe in you. So that's how a, a different a hopeful approach around school discipline um, and then once you get suspended in school, and I'll end on this point, the science and the data show, even if you're suspended one time in school at any grade, you more than double the likelihood that that person is going to drop out of school. You more than triple the likelihood that that young person will end up in the juvenile justice system. So reaching out to these young people when they do something wrong and keep them in school rather than suspending them is a much more hopeful and restorative approach. Wow, I love that. That is so powerful. I love the hopeful approach. I love the restorative justice. You know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking just the foundation for vision is hope. You have no hope, you have no vision. And we all know the proverb, a people without a vision perish. And to really challenge um, leaders across the nation to take a hopeful approach with dealing with individuals. On the individual level, it's, it's, you know, what do you hope for and what do I hope for you and how do we then create a restorative plan? And on the organizational level, it's, you know, what do we hope for and we create visions out of that. I absolutely love it. I think that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Ross. Sure. Um, Cindy and Nora, how about final thoughts from the two of you? Who'd like to go first? Well, I just wanted to add that it's really critical for the work that we're doing in our communities to really look at uh, um, at our programs and the work that we're doing from a, not a deficiency model, but really from uh, a really powerful model, like our young women. Um, we have a teen success program, for instance, where if a young woman um, decides to continue on with her pregnancy, how do we make sure she has the resources and the, and the support that she needs um, with her families to continue and to, um, you know, to, to have a good quality of life? And I think it's looking at things from not a deficient model and really looking at it from a positive perspective, really looking at policies like um, CalWORKs to ensure that they're able to go to school and finish school 
I know we have a, only a short amount of time, but I think it's critical to look at, at each individual from a holistic perspective versus, oh, there's a need, let's fix it mentality versus how do we, we work together um, with other partners as well to, to um, really empower our young people to um, be able to have the best, res- best access to resources and um, so that they can make better choices as well and, and, and continue to have healthy lives. So I think that's sort of the, what we have to do as service providers to ensure that, that we're also um, minimizing, um, you know, uh, what we're doing out in the communities. Love it. Thank you. And I love that holistic approach, you know, that mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. I think that each of those components have been um, touched on and uh, I think bringing it together and saying, yes, let's take this this, um, hopeful approach. Yes, let's take this positive perspective approach and let's be holistic. It's powerful. Cindy, I want to have your voice also add to some final thoughts and tips. Right. Um, When I think about trauma-informed leadership, um, I I think about what our jobs are when when we are in that role. And I think that some of the jobs um, are building on the successes of individuals and teams. I think that um, understanding how stress can affect people from a mind and body perspective, which Dr. Ross had mentioned came out in the ACES study, um, I think that that's also critical. Um, having, remember to having patience and respect for everyone on your team, and that includes mindful communication and clear boundaries, making sure that everybody knows what the expectations are, making sure you choose words very carefully um, instead of just throwing the first thing out that comes through your head. Um, remembering that not everybody has had the same experiences that you had um, and taking the time to understand. I think it was Mark Twain that said, be curious, not judgmental. And I think that that's very critical um, in trauma-informed leadership. Um, Building courage with accountability, um, making sure that people know what the expectations are and coaching them along the way and helping them find their voice and their courage and their power is really critical. Um, And there always will be conflict and, you know, supporting respectful conflict and explore the why of the conflict after things calm down so that the ability to actually handle conflict um, is is strengthened in people that have experienced trauma. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you, Cindy. And I think you kind of take us back to where Nora kind of um, took us in the beginning with regards to how important it is to be self-aware so that we can self-manage ourselves to ensure that we do engage people from a space that feels respectful, that feels like we're holding them in a um, space of high regard with dignity, and then we can create those safe spaces to support, you know, reconnecting with oneself, um, working through whatever healing needs to happen there, and then being able to be empowered to be empowering uh, to others. So, again, thank you so much, Dr. Ross. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Cindy, for engaging in this conversation. And thank you to our listening audience for joining us. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White. 
Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thank you.